Hey, what it do, everyone? Welcome to another episode of bonus content from the old 77. Today's episode goes out to Toby Dean. Toby's our subscriber here on Patreon. Thank you, Tobe. If you know anyone that would possibly like the old 77, feel free to share us anywhere on social media. And while you're there, please rate, review, and subscribe. Here is your bonus content episode number 12 from the old 77. Thanks for listening, guys. Bonus content from the old 77. Shit, yeah. (laughs) All right, here we go. Call or text the Old 77 listener line at 573-246-0779. Thanks for listening to the Old 77. Now, let's get on with the show. Do you have a specific teacher in mind that that you can credit how you are today because of this teacher? I have one. Yeah, man. Uh, I guess I'm lucky in that I, I, I can count like... A good three or four teachers. Ooh, lucky. That I've had and... Who really took the time. Yeah, man. So, you know, I've told you before that I that I, I, I like to write. Right. I don't really write that much these days, but I like... But when I... Especially when I was in high school and college, I loved to write. Um, so I had a couple... I had a, I had a creative writing teacher named Miss Layden, Marianne Layden. She's on Facebook. <laughs> We're friends. Hey. She was awesome. One of the things that I loved about Miss Layden is that she would let me put cuss words in my papers. Oh, for real? Uh-huh. That's cool. And that was, a, you know, in high school. So I always thought that was cool. Yeah. As yeah. long as I didn't, you know, as long as I wasn't gratuitous about it, as long as it, I... Basically, you could use everything but the F word. With well, the exception of a few choice... I just... I didn't... Lady anatomy words. I tried to save the, the bad words for points when i needed a lot of emphasis oh, you 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 got to use those too well i don't i can't remember if i used the f word or not but Cause that's impressive yeah that's almost borderline yeah yeah and i dude i the cool thing is that i've i kept a lot of my papers that i wrote that's in, cool. in high school and in college so my other teacher my other english related teacher that i had was was uh was a college professor jay peterson uh, he was on Jeopardy. He won on Jeopardy. No kidding. Yeah, he won once. He was a one-day champion, but still, that's pretty badass. One-day champion, still a champion. He was, dude. He was in his like probably late twenties when Seriously. I when I had him. That's cool. And man. the cool thing about Jay Man was when I would write a paper, he would write a paper in response to my paper and tell oh, me was that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and critique me and tell me what I did good, tell man. me what I could have improved on. Those are the best. Oh man, my you may mo- not seem it at the time, but yeah. those are the best. My mom never got to meet Jay, I don't think, but she loved Jay just because she she saw what he had written on my papers yeah. and she was like that's a good teacher, right. you know. Yeah, you can tell those good teachers that give a shit. Yeah. yeah. And my other teacher, Mr. Binky that I mentioned earlier, <laughs> I've got I actually had two Mr. Binkies in my life and they were both great teachers. Who was your favorite teacher? So my favorite teacher was actually my learning disabilities teacher. Mm-hmm. Her name was Diane Keel. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Keel was really she so she was that hard she wasn't hard. She had a, a heart of gold, but mm-hmm. she was that hard teacher that would tell you tell it to you straight, even if you didn't want to hear it. Yeah. 
Like, you know, she knew immediately coming in who was the hard asses, who were the ones that were going to need the most help, who were the ones that would probably be help. Yeah. You know, she could break you down really fast. She'd been around she the block. She could look at you and sum you up like you were nothing, Yeah, man. she'd been around but the block. man, she was so good with math. Mm-hmm. She was so good with planning. She was so good just in life in general, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she really... She, I, I don't think I would have passed high school if it hadn't have been for this woman taking the time to to make me learn. You know, we learned the Constitution. Mm-hmm. I, I I got it. I missed one question on my Constitution, mm-hmm. and I was so pissed at myself for missing that right, one question because we had worked for months on it. That's the great. That's the thing about great teachers, man, is that they bring the best out of you. Right. Like and if she I, did, she knew how. Yeah, yeah, and the you know the other thing. To me, like watching a teacher, a really good teacher in action, is just as um, beautiful to me as like listening to a beautiful piece of music. Like there are certain teachers yeah. that that can that are able to do it in such an artful way that it's just very impressive. And then there are other teachers, <laughs> like my second candidate, who aren't artful at all. Yeah. So my second one was uh, Mr. Meyer. His name was Randy Meyer, and he was a, a farmer. And he taught FFA, you know, he taught mm-hmm. ag, uh, he taught shop, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember we were learning, we were like welding or cutting or I don't know, something in the shop class. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, steel-toed boots on. And so we're, we're talking and he's got this giant torch and he's cutting metal with it, you know, and he's telling us to be super safe. And the guy was a stickler for safety, but he was mm-hmm. always fucking hurting himself. Mm-hmm. And so as he's talking and cutting, like this molten metal is falling on top of his foot, right? <laughs> oh, and you can smell it starting to burn, <laughs> and he's just going on about safety. And before long, he's doing the, the hot foot into the shop sink because his foot is on fire. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> yeah. Then another time, he come back from like summer vacation, and he had his finger. It was all messed up, man. It was like in this giant arm. Arch and, mm-hmm. and it was all taped and everything. We're like, and, and that was another thing. We never called him Mr. Meyer. It was, hey, Meyer. Yeah. yeah. He was an ag teacher. We taught FFA. And so it was very casual. He always yeah. called us by our last names, yeah. you know. Yeah. He had blown a tractor tire up, airing it up on his hand, and he couldn't move it. It was basically frozen. Oh, and geez. then on another one, like his ring finger, like had been caught in the auger of the what, like whatever combine, so it was Jeez. ripped off at the knuckle. Man. Then on another hand, he had something else, and like when you would do something, he would like like you, for instance. Mm-hmm. Let's say you weren't doing something the proper safety way. You were maybe hammering a nail down, and you didn't have your goggles on. Mm-hmm. From out of nowhere, you just get. Jordan! Yeah. And he'd come over and wave his mangled fingers in your, head, in your <laughs> face and be like, put the safety on that shit! Yeah, I yeah. used to tell my old PD that, and he used to love listening to Randy Meyer stories. Oh, I mean, I man. love the guy. Yeah. And he, he completely, you know, he changed my attitude about a lot of things. And man. he was a great teacher. It seems like it's always the, uh, the shop guys or, like, the coaches, I don't know, that... Uh, Seems like they're always the ones that get hurt. Right. The well, clumsy ones. No shit. True story. So I come in one day and I'm super early for class because I had just had a class right next door. So I was right there. So I was the first one in. As the first one in, he's there and he's like, hey, Merriman. I was like, yeah. He's like, hey, go to the teacher's lounge. Can you do something for me? I was like, yeah, sure. What do you need? Go to the teacher's lounge. And he's like, in the bottom, in the crisper, he's like, there's a bag. He's like, you know, pull that out for me. I said, okay. 
So I go in there, and there's a teacher. She's like, what are you doing here? You know, it's weird. Here comes a student. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting this from Mr. Mo. Okay. I pulled out a fucking set of pig lungs, dude. <laughs> he brought in a set of pig lungs that had freshly been butchered that morning and set them in the crisper. Nice. <laughs> There's like pools of blood and shit everywhere. I'm dripping the whole way back. It was terrible. Oh, but that's so we get back and it's for some lesson he's doing. He takes this pipe and shoves it in the trachea and we're talking about like some kind of anatomy, right? Mm-hmm. So as we're talking, he got his thumb over the top and we're talking about how basically lungs are like little fibrous clouds. Dude takes a big inhale and blows them up. It was the it was the most disgusting thing ever. Man. But yeah, <laughs> but you remember it, I, and I and I remember it right. Yeah. It was gross. It was disgusting. But I I remembered, you know, and I remember how it looked and and all that. Yeah, I remember that. That's why our our ribs are there, so we don't get you know made an impression. On right. You. I remembered that. So let me ask you this: Do you have any teachers that were so awful that you that they you still remember them to this day? Yeah, yeah. I had one. And I didn't have him that long, uh-huh. but his name was his name was Mr. Selback, uh-huh. and he is he is long gone now. Um, and he had moved; he was a junior high teacher, and it, there there was always speculation that he was in the uh, in the mafia or in the the witness protection program. And my sisters had had him too, and I guess it came about back in the eighties when they were there. But he uh, he he was very flighty. Like, he would jump at you, and, and he always kept his shades drawn in the room. And apparently, when a black car would drive by, he would freak the fuck out. Mm. And my cousin, who was just a year under or two years under me, the, her mom and dad had a black Lincoln Continental, and they had tinted the windows out. Oh, no. And so every time they came by, he freaked shit. And, and you know, I remember somebody burped in his class one time, and I think they, they got sent to the office for it. Uh-huh. You know? But, yeah, Mr. Selbeck was just fucking crazy. And the kids would do horrible things to his house at, at Halloween. Was he a dick, too? Kind of, yeah. 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 You know, I had to, I had a teacher, Miss Slaughter, in... Uh, it's kind of in the fucking name, right? She Dude. was awful, man. Dude, what is it with the names here? I don't know. Yeah, I know. I've got Miss Slaughter, Mr. Binky. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Binky. I'm sorry, dude. You're probably an amazing dude, but your last name is so unfortunate. Mr. Binky passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. He passed away about a year ago, but I remember one of my friends, somebody that I went to high school with, posting his picture. Right. And I hadn't seen his face in a long time. Like the I hadn't Binkmeyer. seen him. Yeah, I, ca- I hadn't seen him in person. Probably since high school. He drove an old VW van, oh, an old VW cool. bus from the late 60s, and I so wanted to buy his bus from him. <laughs> he, he, I asked him, like, he wanted, he wanted me to give him 1500 bucks for it, but I was in high school. That was it? Yeah. Man. I mean, it was not in the best shape, but I love those old VW vans, right. man. I used, to, I used to fantasize, you know, driving around the country in one of those things. Oh, and playing guitar? Yeah, man. If I didn't have a family, if I didn't have responsibilities and kids... I would, I'd, I'd be right there with you I if would, I didn't either. Dude, yeah. I would so just like... We would just travel. I would hit the road, play guitar. Probably get in trouble a lot. Probably. Right. You know. Yeah. Have you noticed... Um, I've noticed in Jeff City, I don't know, maybe since COVID. Um, yeah, probably since COVID. I've, I've been noticing a lot more homeless people. You know, I've... 
I don't think I've noticed any more. Yeah. But I've definitely not noticed any less. There's there's a steady and I hate it here. I mean, we're 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 not that big. No, man, under 50,000. It's got to be because we're the capital. You yeah, know, yeah. It's got to be because we're the capital of the state. Yeah. But there is quite a few and, homeless people here. There's a lot of homeless vets here too. Yeah. There's a lot of homeless vets everywhere, man. I, man, that's that's just so unfortunate. It is, especially man. the ones that choose it. You know, they would rather just go and camp and be out there. Yeah. Then then come back and be a part of society. Like, yeah. They feel like they're that detached. Yeah. You yeah. know. I mean, because I, I I know a couple guys like that. They feel like they're that detached that they just can't be around us anymore. Yeah, man. You you you're in a hostile environment for right. so long and you get back and, yeah, and everyday life just seems to be so boring well, you're changed and you're and changed and you're on edge and man there are there are a lot of veterans out there that are hurting man that the suicide rate among veterans is very very high we yeah. talked about this on uh, on the episode we did about psychedelics yeah yeah because um you know it's see uh there's a few substances uh, psilocybin which is magic mushrooms mdma which is commonly known as ecstasy mm-hmm. And they both have huge potential for uh, treating PTSD, yeah. among a bunch of other things. And dude, I feel like um, we well, need we need that we those people need to have all of the options available. Exactly, to them I was going to say we need to try something. You know, all, all options need to be on the table because I, I follow a friend uh, who I work with, uh, and he, uh, he he's a former military guy, mm-hmm. and he's always posting, "Hey, we lost another." It seems like it, and it's always yeah. dudes from like his his group, you yeah. know. And he'll post a picture of like maybe them in their cars, or yeah. you know, this guy and this guy, and then there's him in the middle, you know. They're yeah. they're these these are band of brother type situations yeah. here, and these guys are taking their own lives. Did he see a lot of action? I, I believe they did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were over there, straight up in it. Yeah, you know. I had a friend that I went to high school with that uh, apparently saw a lot of action and, and came back and was not. Not well, I, I used to work with a gal, and we went over to, when, when me and Andrea had first married, I believe, we, we had dinner with him, you know, and mm-hmm. this dude told me the hell of a story that they were helicopter mechanics, and he was also the gunner on the on the, the helicopter, and they were flying point for some convoy, f- you know, going through the desert, mm-hmm. and they, they ended up somehow overflying them by like three, four hours or five hours, so they had to land for a while in the desert, you oh, know, in shit. the middle of nowhere, yeah. and wait for them to catch up, and he said that like it, it had fallen, like it was dusk at that point when they finally started seeing them off in the distance, but it was a good mile away where they noticed they were under a attack Shut. and so when they did meet up they met up while they were moving under attack so these guys had to take off while they were coming yeah and apparently uh there was a dude that had jumped out ahead of them and when old boy saw him he was the gunner on the on the thing and this guy come running at him from a distance and he said he swung the machine gun around and when he did it just cut this guy in half Jeez. he said he just watched this dude fall into three pieces in front of him and then Jeez. they took off and so from then on, it just it messed him up. Yeah, man. And he said that when they slept, because they had it was like a, a multi day trip that they were doing this. Mm-hmm. Like they had to sleep armed, so he would he was constantly you know sleeping with a handgun in yeah. his hand. Yeah, he was you know sleeping half awake. You yeah, know? and he said when he came home, he couldn't shut any of that off. Absolutely, man. So he for the longest time, because his wife refused to have any kind of loaded weapons in the house, yeah. which is good on her. Yeah, he slept with a tri square. Like, like a speed square, uh huh. 
because he said it felt like a gun. Yeah. Well, now, I'm sorry. What's a speed square? So, uh, I have one right here. Okay. Right here. That. That right there. <laughs> oh, I see. Like a like a measuring tool, a square. Okay, gotcha. Like, like that a right square there. that you would use yeah, to do he artwork says, with. He says it felt like a gun. Yeah. So he could put his thumb in it. So it was just whatever. like a, a pacifying yeah. type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, It, it man. gave him that security that he needed so he could sleep. Yeah. I'm from Missouri, man, so I have a lot of friends, family that hunt and that have guns. Um, and I respect their right to have guns. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm pro hunting, all of that. But, um, you know, you also need to be aware of the facts and the statistics, which are that if you have a gun in your house, it's many, 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 many times more likely that that gun will be used to harm you or somebody in your family than that you will need to use it, you know, to... Yeah, to injure I, I, somebody that's trying to hurt you. I, I don't know the facts on that yeah, or anything. I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't, you know, I don't have them on I, the top I have of my that, head. But... I have that feeling, though. Yeah. You know, that's why I don't like to have guns in my house. Yeah, because... There was a time I thought about it when we moved here. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no. Yeah, I, I, that's pretty well how I feel. I um, do have guns in the house, though. They're I, put up. They're I, my dad's and my grandpa's, like my grandfather. <laughs> yeah. What the hell was that? I don't know. Something was funny. Yeah. Uh, but my grandfather, like, made the stock on it and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's got a, a personal connection. Sure. But, you know, they're not clean. Man, they're when, put up. When my grandpa passed, he had he had a pretty pretty hefty gun collection. That I feel like, again, that's like and an old-timey I, thing. I wish that I would have kept some of them. I I. I've guns have never really interested no, me. me either. I mean, I've shot guns. I had a BB gun when I was a kid. I've shot, I shot, I've shot an AR 15 before. That's cool. Um, yeah, I've, I've been to gun ranges and shot. Yeah, man. I'm, I, I got nothing against guns. And, and if people want to own guns and have them responsibly, if you can use them responsibly, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. But I, but I also know that I'm human and that humans make mistakes. Right. And you, when you have a gun in your house, especially if you have a gun that you keep loaded, it only takes one mistake right. for something well, and horribly bad to happen. As much training as you have, you have to worry about everyone else. When I was in maybe second grade, it, I was young. I had a classmate that got a hold of one of his oh. parents' guns and, and killed himself. Killed himself. Wow. And I, I don't know the story behind it, if he did it on purpose or if it was accidental. Well, but second grade. This man. was young, dude. Yeah, I want to say like second or third grade. Wow. It was tragic, and so I'm sure that I've got that experience in the back of my right. head. You know, having right. a classmate. Well, Jesus, man, what you came up right through, uh, right through all those school shootings and Columbine, well, probably. But I didn't really because Columbine probably wasn't too far back behind you. Columbine was in '99, and I graduated in 2000. Okay. So for the most part, so you had the the very just the tip. School school shootings were not something that I thought about we didn't have drills or right. anything like that no when I was it wasn't in... even a thought when i was in school columbine was I mean, like i said we had kids with hit lists in their lockers you know yeah but but it usually people usually didn't follow through with those no, kinds of things i mean it's a hit list so Come on you're gonna spit spitballs at them or right you're gonna you know so um there's an interesting theory about school shootings because it's hard to explain how why they've become so prominent and and they seem to have come out of nowhere and now it's now they're happening so often that we've become none to them so um i'm not claiming to know all of the facts on this and i'm not claiming to take one side or another but one theory behind this is that apparently a lot of these kids that have not only kids that have shot up schools but kids that have hurt themselves with guns right a lot of them are, are taking 
antidepressant type medications, antipsychotic medications, things like that. Um, I'm pretty sure that the, the, the Columbine kids were on one of those types of medications, I believe. You know, even though that, I mean, just the medication, though, you still have to have that initial thought. You have to have that initial intent. The well, medication <laughs> may just, imp, you know, amplify that. I disagree. But I think you still have to have that deep down, right? I disagree because I've had my, I had my own experience with taking antidepressant meds um, with my cyclic vomiting stuff. They, they tried to treat it with antidepressant meds. And one of the meds that they gave me was Zoloft. And um, it's really the only antidepressant type med that I've ever. Yeah, I've never been on any of that. But so man, so I was in. My real... wife's on that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't have anything yeah, against people that do if yet. it works for them. If but you can find the right combination, yeah. more but, power to you. But my experience, I was already in really bad shape when, when they had me start taking that. So you were down to try anything. Yeah, I was desperate for sure, man. Yeah. Um, but very shortly after I started taking it, dude, it was just like there was a dark cloud following me everywhere I went. And for the first, I I never until I took that stuff did I ever reach the point like where I was ready just to like give up. And I started having those types of thoughts of self harm, you know. Wow. And uh, I never, I never, you know. Is that normal? Have you ever normally nope, had self-harm? Never, never had thoughts like that until I took Zoloft. And as soon as I stopped it, the, they went away. The cloud lifted. Hmm. I was still sick as fuck from having from from my condition, but That's my my mental state improved. And so I'm very, I'm very. Um, so if my if my kids ever have depression issues, oh man, I feel sorry for my kids because I have depression issues. Yeah. Um, that's going to be uh, using medications like that is going to be my last resort. Like yeah, I will I try, I will try everything else that I possibly can before I go to that because I know. Right. First of all, I know that they're they're not that much more effective than a placebo. It's not like they're eighty percent effective. Well, the thing that that bothers me the most, especially when it comes to like depression and things, is yes. we don't know what does what in the brain. So, and we don't know how that stuff works. Right. We, we, we have no idea, really. We're yeah. just throwing things at it to right. see what happens. And that's where, again, where I think psychedelics show a lot of promise because um, <clears throat> taking them in small doses, um, like these, they call them microdoses, right. um, in these preliminary trials has been very effective for and people see, with that's depression. What I like, that's what I like about that because you're only doing a really small dose. Yeah, you're not you're not on it for the rest of your life, and that's what worries me with these medications. Because if we don't know what they do, yeah, how do we know what prolonged experience to the right. usage of it will and, do to you? And we already know what stopping taking them can do. A lot right. of them that can be and very you, very difficult. Right. If you've been on them for decades, yeah. You, you can't just shut that off. Yeah, yeah. And most people that I know of that describe what it's like to be on antidepressants, and there's different types of antidepressants, mm-hmm. so this is very much a generalization, but one of the things that I hear a lot is that those types of medications, they don't make you happier. They just kind of dull things. You're not, you're not, de- yeah. you're not deeply sad, but you're, but not, you're not joyfully deeply, happily, yeah. Yeah. or joyfully happy. And... um People uh, in these preliminary studies that, that, that are taking these certain types of psychedelics feel like uh, they're able to get to, like, the root hmm. of their depression or their anxiety, whatever their issue is. 
and really deal with it from the root. And that's why people are being are having so much success, literally taking it one time hmm. and quitting smoking. Or, right, yeah. Um, it's it's incredible, man. I've it's very of, exciting. I've seen a lot of weird videos like that. They'll they'll give them something I shared, psilocybin-wise. Yeah. And then the next thing, it's like, well, do you want to do this now? Yeah. I shared the Paul Stamets story, the guy that took psilocybin, the first time he took psilocybin, and he completely oh it lost completely his, cured his stuttering yeah lost his stutter you know and he didn't expect for that to happen but he literally you know he was at the top of this tree in the middle of a lightning storm and the way he describes it was he basically like heard a voice in his head say yo paul what you got this stuttering problem what why, why are you doing the stuttering and basically like the voice in his head convinced him like i don't have to stutter anymore and it was cured which is fucking incredible, right? That's Do you a- ever you ever hear you ever get those voices in your head? Mm, no, I no. well yeah yes and no like so like I definitely uh, I would say like gut feelings. So you're, I, you're a gut feeling guy. I have learned um, to always trust my gut. If I'm getting a bad a bad vibe like around a person right. or in a certain environment, I'm usually am pretty good at picking up on the vibe. I think yeah. that's a talent that I have. And sometimes I wish that I could turn that off because it makes me kind of extremely like oversensitive to the situation. Like if I'm in a room and there's a bad vibe, yeah. that bad vibe Comes affects in, it me. rubs off. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 My dad could always like, like sense if he liked you or not within the first five, 10 minutes Absolutely. of seeing you. I feel the same way. And, and I kind of do the same thing. I Dude, for me, it's not even close to five minutes. It's for five me, seconds. For me, it's like, yeah, five, six seconds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, first three words out of your mouth, I can tell if you're a douche and I like you or not. Yeah, and sometimes I don't even have to see or hear any words. <laughs> right, I can just look right at you. Like, I'm what's, sorry. What's that douchebag guy that ran the pharmaceutical company that jacked up the prices by a thousand percent? Oh, that percent? Skakel guy? Yeah, that douchebag. You knew just looking at him that he he was a cheesy, I don't, greasy. I don't know that I've ever heard mm. his voice, but dude, I don't need to. Yeah, Vi- dude, I it, it sounds I sound like an old hippie, but <laughs> dude, I really believe this. Like vibes don't lie, man. That's the guy that came in and what was it? Insulin was I it think, insulin yeah, or, or was like it EpiPens? EpiPens? Yeah, maybe it was EpiPens. Or, you know, actually, I think his was something different. It was something, but it was like normally seven dollars. He right? jacked it way and the he fuck jacked up. it up three hundred percent just because he could. So it went from like seven percent, like seven dollars to like seven hundred dollars. Yeah. And that's where I think the American healthcare system sucks because it's profitable to have sick people. A cured patient well, you're is right. a, a cured patient is a lost customer. I mean, look at those brand new hospitals. They're not they're not there because they want to cure you. They're there to make money. Yeah, man, we don't have a health care system, we have a sick care system. Right. Absolutely. There's no money in the cure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's that deep? Like, do you think that pe- people in power are actively like do you suppressing think- cures? Yes. No. You don't, don't think I, you don't, don't think it I goes that deep? I don't think there's a big conspiracy to suppress. I mean, that that would take a lot of work and a lot of effort. Yeah, and humans generally are not and that good at keeping secrets. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and look at look at the current leadership we have now. If something like that was to be there, I have a feeling he would say it. But listen, man. Um, Same with aliens. Here's so, but but here's here's the flip side of that, man. Unless the government's not telling him, Purdue Pharma, which is the company that made OxyContin, mm-hmm. which really fueled, started the opiate I mean, it crisis. Started the opiate, totally yeah. started it, and they're paying ha- handily right now. They right? are paying handily, but 
they there is there are internal documents that that prove that they knew oh, of that they were going to get sued and they knew they'd have to to give a bunch of money but they still fucking did it because they made enough money anyway to to, yeah. to pay the fines and still get off and still, make off yeah. like robbers man and, and as still a, turn a profit it still turn a huge profit and as a result man people are still to this day dropping like flies from that shit right Get tired of it, man. I mean, that stuff is great. Don't get me wrong. What? If you need that. Oh, yeah. If you need an opioid and you're in serious pain. Yeah. Or, you know, if the if the situation calls for it, I'm yeah. totally for it. And that's the other shitty thing about the opiate crisis being so bad is that now people that have a legitimate need for those right. types of medicines are having a very hard time right. getting them. Like I've had surgery and I've been on morphine because I the, the other there's another one that I can't take because it makes me smell things. Weird. That aren't there. That's weird. Well, I've, I've, so. Is I, it an opiate? I don't know what it's called. To huh. be honest That's with weird. you, it's all, uh, it's all IV based. Mm-hmm. But after I've had surgery a couple of times, and each time I've had to have morphine mm-hmm. because I can't use the other one can't for some reason. It doesn't. Stuff. It messes me up. That's weird. I've never heard of somebody having that kind of a reaction where they smell things that aren't right. there. So when I was 13, 14, so when I was going from the seventh grade to the eighth grade. I spent my entire summer in the hospital, and I know we've talked about this yeah, before. Yeah. I don't know if we've talked about it on air before, though. Yeah. Um, I had four, five weeks in the hospital. Yeah, I, mean, you I think me it's that. nine weeks that you get off, and like five of them was spent in St. Mary's Hospital in Springfield, Illinois, where mm-hmm. I got scanned. I yeah. got I got like six hundred X rays. I got and prodded. Li- livers and spleen scans. Mm-hmm. Uh I had like two barium enemas, which are terrible. They don't sound like fun. So it's basically like five gallons of hot liquid ass juice that you have to hold for like ten, twenty minutes and then afterwards you get to go to the bathroom and just let it, it all out. Man. Yeah. It's it's the worst feeling ever. I had a nuclear liver and spleen scan where they, they shot me up with an isotope that was radioactive. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I had a biopsy uh, around my lung because I had an abscess that was the size of my... My surgeon had great big man hands. I mean, I got good-sized man hands, but mm-hmm. he had bigger than mine, and it was both his hands put together. And it it uh, was an abscess that had developed around my lung, and it was it was filling with fluid and killing me. Mm-hmm. Slowly, and so they did a biopsy of it, and they had to run a like foot and a half long needle through my back, through my rib cage to my lungs, and then draw it off. Yeah, the first time they did it, they hit a rib. So we couldn't continue anymore. My mom was there. God and that bless probably her. hurt like hell. Oh, it hurt like a motherfucker, man. I will. This is a pain that I will never forget. Oh man, I, I've literally felt something go inside my cavity, like you know, go in me. Yeah. Um, they they would put a topical on, push the needle in, and then numb it, and then push the needle in. Wait another five, six seconds. So they try to like slowly. And so numb slowly you. they would move in and mm-hmm. numb me. And then when they finally got it, like I was holding my, I was sitting on the edge of a table holding my mother and my mother was holding on to me and I had my hands around her, like her neck. And mm-hmm. I just remember screaming because it hurt so bad. Yeah, man. But I remember when they hit that thing and they started pulling fluid off of it, it was immediate, man. I could breathe. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like I, I turned around afterwards and hugged the fucking doctor. Wow. Even after, <laughs> even after that, all that horrible that, of an experience. It was terrible. Yeah. And they pulled three liters of, of pussy fluid off of me yeah. and they still had 
had more. Because after that, they did biopsies and shit, and then I had more tests and more scans, and then I ended up going into uh, some kind of, uh, it was like a pediatric thing, because I was 13. I was, yeah. I was a kid, but yeah. I wasn't an adult yet. Right. Too old to be in the pediatric wing, but the yeah. the doctor did some kind of study on whatever I had. Right, you know, I remember you saying after that. that. Yeah. And yeah, there's video of me somewhere where my body is cracked in half. They've got my arm up over my head, and I'm cut, and they've just split my ribs in half. It's the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. You actually went I've in seen and watched it. it. I've seen it. Oh man, it's well, I've seen it when I was younger, but that's yeah. it. Like it's, oh my god. You yeah, know. dude. I, don't... I know why my back hurts now, though, as an adult. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude. My back hurts all the time. My shit hurts all the time. Yeah, me too. Is it, your, it is it your lower back? No, it's the spot where they right where they, they got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it's 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 literally the other side. Mm-hmm. So that rib never went back in place right, and it moves. So like sometimes that rib will like be poking me in the lung, and it feels like that I've got something sticking me, uh. and I can pop my back just right and. <gasps> Oh, and it, and it, it goes away, you know. You ever do chiropractor? Oh, yes. Yeah, I, we, we've talked about chiropractic. Yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer in chiropractic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a whole, I mean, there's a lot of people that think that chiropractors are wacky. Oh, no, 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 no. But no. I'm not saying that they are. I've gone to a chiropractor, and my experience was that I definitely got relief. Right. It didn't last. But, but I mean, I'm sure probably yeah. if I went to a chiropractor like every week or every couple of weeks, probably right. it, I would notice a, a big difference. Even, so, if, even if it is like temporary. When I was a kid, and I'm not trying to like, you know, show my, my, my uh, health stories here. I'm not slamming you around with no, them. But do uh, that. when I was a kid, I had this oversized pillow. Mm-hmm. It was a clown pillow. I don't know. It was cool. Fucking mm-hmm. like clowns. I don't know. Weird. So, right? I'm the weird one. (laughs) So anyway, it was a really big pillow, and I was a really little kid. And I remember I woke up one day, and my neck was completely – like I dislocated my neck. And I remember hurting extremely bad. And my my mom's sister, my aunt at the time, worked for a chiropractor, and they were new. So it was like 82, 81 Mm -hmm. in the area. And this dude was like, yeah, I can help you. And so we did all these – like it was the most painful thing ever, dude. And Uh this guy grabbed me and snapped my neck, and like I was fine. And, and from good. then on, I was I was sold. I've done it one other time that yeah. I had to go back to him for, and I go to I've went to him for my back. But man, that guy's a, a miracle worker. I've seen some videos on YouTube. Miracle worker. Have we talked about before that there's like this whole like fetish type thing? Like there there's a whole like group of people that get off on watching other people get snapped. Yes. Oh. Yeah, like there's a whole is subculture. Is it like a sexual thing? Or? I don't think so. I think it's like just like one of those kinda like weird... watching people pop zits. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Like one of those things that's just like weirdly satisfying oddly, for people. Yeah, I was gonna say oddly satisfying. Yeah, I found that out cool. by accident on YouTube because I was uh, sure. I was thinking about going to a chiropractor or maybe I was getting ready to. I, can't I need remember. to find one in Jeff City. Well, I can give you the name of the one that I went to. Our buddy uh, uh, Cross. Oh, yeah? He also has gone to that one. He said it's the only one that he'll go to. Oh, for real? Yeah. I like those. They're pretty cool. The The place that I go to, I can't remember the the name of it. I'll tell you off air, though. So um, our friend Danielle, 
was telling me about one that uh-huh. has been intriguing. And I need it. I'm a big dude, so I need a big dude. I can't yeah, have right. like a small, you know. It's like if you've ever gotten a massage, you right. don't want some little I mean, girl. No, I. You know, I do though. I do. I want to for a massage. I want a little itty bitty Asian girl to take her shoes off and walk on my back. Oh, do that. But way. she's got to be like super tiny. Though. Use the feet. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, get All up right. in there. Just I work thought that about thing, that man. before. Okay. You just opened my mind. I a don't. Bit. But see, in the same regard, if I'm getting like a like a hand massage, mm-hmm. I don't want I don't want her to do it. I want this giant Swedish woman named Helga to right. like mold me like clay. So I got a question that I don't know. I'm sure. I hope maybe. I hope you don't have the answer to this. <laughs> question oh great. so the the whole phenomenon of like uh the guy uh craft the guy that owns the uh, patriots the the football team he got he got busted getting a handy at one of those asian you oh, know yeah, the massage joints yeah. yeah one of those yeah. type deals so like how prominent is that like can can you just walk into to us i don't i don't know like how do you like I guess is that I ha- something that they ask, or do you ask? And right. if you ask it, is it like walking into a head shop where you're like, "Hey, let me see that water bong," and they're like, "It's a water pipe," right? Or like you show them your ID and they take you to the back room where all the good <laughs> shit is, right? Right? Yeah, interesting. I, I've you know, I don't know. I've always just kind of wondered how that worked. Like, I don't know. Do yeah, like do you do you as the patron ask? the nice young lady that's performing the service or (laughs) or 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 does does she she? yeah Yeah. and if you do ask what if she gives you that look like no we don't do that right exactly i would be so terrified that was why i could never close the deal in my teenage years because i was (laughs) terrified of of being rejected i would feel the same way at a one of those so when i worked back uh back home there was uh in a in the small town uh litchfield there was a new Asian massage parlor that had opened up downtown, and they got busted giving handies. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently, a friend of mine had went there and gotten himself a massage, and it wasn't offered, and he got bent. Oh, he was pissed. <laughs> he was, so they got busted, and he rolls up in there hoping to get one. Oh, right? and after I'm like, they got busted? Come on, man. They're not going to be doing no, that. And he's like, oh, be... of course they are. Them whores want it. They got to oh, get that money. Oh, jeez. Oh, dude, come on. See, wow. and that's that's the clientele they got to deal with. <laughs> okay, so if you have any experience with uh, with these types of environments, please... have you ever went and got the happy ending? Yeah, if you have, give us a call on the listener line. Do we want to know that? Yeah, leave us a message five seven three two four six zero seven seven nine. How did that go down? That's let us. And know. is it somewhere local? Yeah, yeah. Can, can we promote them? <laughs> Text me the contact. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, surely for. What'd you say? I mean nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna say surely for uh, educational purposes. Yeah, absolutely. And asking, then you're like what? Uh, no, no, nothing. Asking for a friend, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's my favorite uh, overused uh, internet quote. And one that I'm getting tired of now is when people put pictures of themselves up, or they like post a song and they say all the feels. All the oh, I hate all the feels. I'm tired of that yeah. shit. Drop it. Let it go, guys. Drop it like it's hot. Yeah. You know, us white folks have a long and distinguished history of stealing cool, hip sayings. Well, of course. From minority groups. We want to be cool, too. And turning them into our own. Like the word dope that I use all the time. You do say dope a lot. Like, man, that's dope. It's a dope word. Right? It's a dope word. (laughs) Now, 20 years ago, 
20 years ago, it was the dopest. Well, no, what I'm saying, 20 years ago, I probably would have felt a little awkward saying that word. But now that I'm oh, an yeah, yeah. old fucker and everybody says right, it, right. I say it too. Well, I think that's just it. Like the words that you grew up like using, like the ones that you wouldn't use now that you're older, you're like, I'm using that. Are there any uh, bad words that that like really rub you the wrong way? That not really. You? Yeah. No, not really. Does Andrea have any? I think cunt is one for her. Yeah, that dude. I uh, um, I would say that if I were a female, I, um, I I imagine that that one would probably be the one. I have a friend, my dear friend Cindy, yeah, who uh, the word cunt doesn't bother her, but she flips out at the b word, bitch. Bitch. Yeah, oh, and, bitch and, bothers Andrea too, and that's weird because well, I it, use bitch all the time. It's not a it's not a good word, but in I guess in my mind, I feel like cunt is a lot worse. Isn't it funny the way certain words in your mind are worse right, than others? And right. You know, I feel like, I guess, that doesn't bother me all that much. Words don't really bother me that much. Me neither. I don't, I, don't want the, I don't want to give something like that power over me. Yeah, and, that, and that's another thing that... That's um, a radio thing that I learned a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't let that bother you. Right, yeah. And that's another thing that minority groups have done a pretty good job of is taking racial slurs and turning them into terms of endearment. Right. I think that there is a certain amount of power in flipping back the power on a word like that. True. And there then, are there are different schools of thought. Like, because yeah. I know, like Oprah, we were talking about Jay Z earlier. Right, right. That was one thing that when she interviewed Jay Z, that was one thing that they disagreed on. She does not like his use of the N word in his songs. Yeah. And his point of view was similar to what I just said: is it's 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 like a taking back the power of the word, not letting that word have power over you. And but at you, the same time, you're perpetuating that. Sure. I mean. I, I get both sides. Yeah, I do too. And being a white dude in the middle of the Midwest, I also recognize that I have absolutely no qualification <laughs> right. to ha- to even have an opinion on this. The closest gangster I ever got was mowing, listening to Ice Cube's The Predator. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had a kid. I had a buddy of mine who, in fifth grade, the the I may have told you this before. The music teacher uh, wanted us to bring uh, like a. This was in the cassette tape days. Oh yeah. She wanted us. There was this one day where she. I think she, like different days, she would have a different student each day bring in a cassette tape of music that they were listening to that they were enjoying. And my buddy John brought in Ice Cube. <laughs> and I loved Cube back in the day. He man. didn't. Uh, he. Uh, he didn't make it long before that tape got no, turned off. No, that's a shame. That was one of those things that I never had the balls to do when I was a kid. Like, I, I never would have done that. Like, brought in a easy e tape into my music class. I remember listening to the start of the Predator with my mom, and she was like, "This is music." Yeah, I think that was the universal reaction right. from most moms at that period yeah. in time. I remember because I was a big Criss Cross fan. Oh yeah, me too. I remember I bought a Criss Cross poster. And I remember being kind of scared to hang it on my wall because I wasn't sure that my mom would approve of it. Really? And she totally did. She was totally yeah. cool with it. That's totally crossed out. Ah. So if you would like to uh, comment on anything here, feel free to pick up the phone. Call or text day or night, 573-246-0779. Or you can email us at theold77podcast at gmail.com. We're all over the social medias. YouTube, yep. Facebook, all that yeah. stuff. Twitter, all, all that stuff. Yeah. So check us out. This is The Old 77 Bonus Content. 
Call or text the Old 77 listener line at 573-246-0779. This is the one and only Old 77.